join the conversation. Welcome back to The Daily Drum on WHUR, Sirius XM Channel 141 and 96.3 HD2. This is a truncated edition of the Inside Segment. I'm Harold Fisher. Black women and a crisis of confidence. It's not often talked about. It's an issue that's often hiding in the shadows in the workplace or behind the facade of bold social media postings. But are black women their own biggest critics? Are they self-sabotaging themselves? Which on me to talk about this is certified executive leadership coach Joya Jefferson Nuri. Lines are open. Give us a call at 202-432-WHUR. That's 202-432-9487. You can tweet me at hfisherwhur or find me on Instagram at Harold T. Fisher. Joya, good to talk to you again. Thanks for calling in. Good to be on again. Thank you. Okay, so this is a hard sell, I think. Because as I said, when you look at the public face of, of black women these days, even on social media, and we've got some some high profile black women, the vice president notwithstanding, you don't really see women who are shrinking violets and appearing to have any kind of self-critical crisis of confidence. You know what? That is very true about our public persona. But if you look back at our public persona from the time we hit this continent to today, there have been women who overcome everything that they're told they're not in order for us to do this. You know, you have Madam C.J. Walker, you have Harriet Tubman, you have Shirley Chisholm, you have our standing vice president, we have um, Carol Mosley, who was in the U.S. Senate. There's a whole list of them, but it doesn't mean that there isn't an inner critic eating away with them. My clients are women of color who already sit in leadership positions, and they're all there shivering from the inner critic. And let me tell you a little bit about the inner critic. The inner critic is something that is formed in each and every one of us in the prefrontal lobe of our brain. It is the last part of your brain to develop, and it is the place of comparison. It compares your past to your present, your future, your unknown future to your present. It compares you to the people around you. And it takes to heart all of the things that you're told through racism and misogyny. So despite everybody's show on, um, and beautiful show, on social media, or they're the head of this or the head of that, there is a battle going on within them. Some of it doesn't show. Some of it I see on social media, I realize that woman is a brutal inner critic because she can't possibly see herself without her nails, her eyelashes, her hair, her sense of self-esteem, the beauty from within, the confidence from within is not there for a lot of women. It's just, I need to do this so you value me. So why do they say that they are feeling this crisis of of self-esteem, this inner critic. Because the inner critic is this voice in your head that tells you a number of things. I'm going to list for you the most common things I hear. I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm not worthy of this. I'm stupid. Nobody likes you. Nobody cares what you think or what you have to say. They don't, you don't really have any friends because they're not sincere. You don't deserve this job or that promotion. You're an imposter. 
That's, that, that happens to every single human being, but you add to that being a black woman through the misogyny, the racism we face, the struggles we have with making sure our men are propped up, our sons are propped up, our daughters are propped up. Yet that starts in our brain, and it starts early. Your inner critic hits you between the ages of 6 and 13. Something happened generally between those ages that diminish who you are. So, I had an aunt tell me my hair wasn't pretty. And I've spent my lifetime talking in a battle with my inner critic about my hair. I had other people tell me I was too skinny. So I've had this body image issue that nobody would know to look at me and look at my success. But let me ask you this, Joya. This isn't with all of them that you have encountered. I mean, this isn't, while this may be an issue for some, but it's not necessarily an issue for, for all. There probably are some some black women that you've encountered who aren't being, aren't self-sabotaging, aren't... No, no, Harold, I want to interrupt you right there. It's not true. That's not true. All That's of not them? true. I did... Every, every client I've ever had, every workshop I've ever done, every woman I have sat quietly and talked to, if you ask her about what's actually going on in her head, but Harold, if I were to ask you, what is sabotaging you? What do you, what's your self-doubt? Where's your fear? And it could be not necessarily in the way you look. It could be in the way you present. You have it. Okay. Barack Obama has it. Yeah, but it so, so that's, okay, and granted, that may be human nature. But, okay, so let me give you, uh, I'll give you an example, because everybody's talking about uh, Fonnie Willis, the Fulton County yeah. DA in, yeah. in Georgia. And they, they saw her, testi- her, her testifying uh, yesterday uh, in, in court. I think the thing that a lot of people don't know about Fonnie Willis because, uh, for example, the book that just came out last week, Show Me the Votes by Michael uh, Isikoff and and another Mm -hmm. investigative reporter, you could say that all of that confidence that you saw on on the set or or, or on the, in the court yesterday. On the stand. Yeah, on the stand, Mm -hmm. thank you. Um, You know, was a lot of bluster, but that book profiled her all the way back. I know it because I, I, I listened to it. I just finished the book about four days ago. Fonnie Willis, according to this investigative report, has never had a crisis of confidence, and if she did, she didn't talk about it. The woman that we saw on the stand yesterday is who she is, who she has always been. And and so it, don't you be, do you believe that... Uh, a crisis of, of confidence, uh, and in, that inner voice is just human nature, but for some of us it is more severe than others. I have a couple of thoughts on what you just said, Go and ahead. I don't, I, I want to separate bluster from confidence. I think a lot of people who have bluster know how to get past those voices and know how to get past you. And so that a lot of times people have bluster because they have tremendous fear. And I, I watched her on the stand yesterday. And what I saw was 
a woman who has recognized that that level of fight, that level of dog in the fight, uh-huh. is how you survive. It's how you survive. Somewhere in her, she learned that. And she learned that from a crisis. She learned you have to be that dog in the fight. See, there's this, there's this difference between your zone of excellence, which is she's definitely in, and then there's your zone of genius, and in your, zone, in your zone of genius, you don't have to shout. There is a presence about you that, sh- that quakes the room without the shouting. There's so, a presence you have so here's in your my, zone of genius. So here's my question, because you're right. Uh, according to the book, uh, that the incident, and there was no incident per se with Fonnie Willis, but we saw today who her father is former black mm-hmm. panther and, mm-hmm. and 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 lawyer and so she was raised to have you know that you know that dog in the fight but but my question is for those who aren't like a funny willis well let's go back to funny for just a moment well, hold on that, okay, okay but my but okay. my point is uh, you know she we all recognize that black woman that we saw on the stand. I, I, yeah. have, I have friends like that. My mother has mm-hmm. friends like that. My grandmother probably had some friends like that. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but my, I guess my question is, for those who don't have it, that, that, that do not have that don't come for me unless I call for you attitude, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how dangerous is it for those who are always self-criticizing, self-judging themselves, apparently not yeah. being able to get out of their own way? My last thought on Fonny. Fonny has all this bluster. She sought the comfort of a man because she needed the comfort of a man. She needed the comfort of that man to a point where she would really risk everything. And she also saw it when she testified yesterday. She said she didn't really like that man. They had a lot of issues between them, yet she stayed. So all that bluster is broken down somewhere in her psyche. I would love to coach her and find out what is really behind all this bluster. Where is it that you thought you might not have daddy's love without the bluster? And so that's how you're trained. So... There are people who know how to do it, but there's still something in them that is soft, afraid, and may not look like self-sabotage, but there's an inner critic that you're battling. So for those women who don't have the skill to bluster like Fonny and still want to be a CEO or still are a CEO, I would say you first have to recognize when your inner critic is talking. When you have that voice, because generally what happens, that voice says what you're not, what you can't be, what you're not going to achieve, and you fall into it as if it's true. And you start to behave that way. I have CEOs who are having struggle with their strategic plans because they think it'll fail, they think the team won't like it, but the team has no idea they're having this crisis of faith. They can still do the bluster. So when you are in a place, when you are in a place where your inner critic is talking, first recognize when she's talking, you recognize when she's talking when you don't feel powerful, when you don't feel fearless, 
which means he's talking 90% of the time for most of us. So when you, that happens, just ask one solid question. Is that the truth? And 90% of the time, it's not the truth. And if it is the truth, is that the only truth? And have a conversation with your inner critic. Don't let her run your life. So what is the difference between that inner critic mm-hmm. and being cautious or circumspect about something? Because when you're being cautious and circumspect about something, you should not be in fear. You should not demean yourself. If it's a decision between that house and that house, you're not going to say to yourself, yes, but I'm unworthy of the house. Well, Bank of America just gave you the money. It is when you're feeling fearful, doubtful, when you feel like you, when you're feeling invincible, then you're making a discerned choice. If the decision is based on, I'm not pretty, I'm too fat, they'll never give me that promotion, then you're not making a discerned choice. You're listening to your inner critic. So let me see if I can clean this up so that the simple-minded people like myself can figure this one out. <laughs> there are no simple-minded people, including you. No such thing. So in, okay. in, in the example that you just used, it's one thing for you to get the money for the mortgage, for the new, for the new mm-hmm. loan, for the, for the big house, and say, I don't deserve it, I'm not worthy. And something completely different to get the mortgage, to get the loan for the big house, and say, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. And so, your doubts will come, your inner critic's going to come when you are so sure Bank of America's not, I'm using them as an example. Right, exactly. Bank of America isn't going to give me the money. You, you don't fill out the application because you know you won't get that money. You'd rather go to the bank over there that will give you the loan at twice the interest rate because your self-doubt is like, oh, I deserve this. I don't deserve that good money, that good interest rate that Bank of America is going to offer me. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve it. But once you get the money, you pat yourself on the back and go pick your house. Right. And, and pick and choose whether or not you want that kind of kitchen or that kind of kitchen. So the difference is... I don't deserve it to, I do deserve this. I earned this. Still nervous. Absolutely. Because that, that's, that's going to be a big, that's going to be a big uh, monthly note on this, yes. on this McMansion that I just bought. But it, I, I deserve it. And the, the little nervous you're having is yeah. important because it's called stage fright. And stage fright keeps you on your toes. It's not self-doubt. It's just stage fright. And that makes your your performance is up to par. You need that stage fright, but you don't need the, they'll never help me, the neighbors will never like me. You don't need any of that because you were worthy from birth. Yeah. We, we think you have to earn the worthiness, but you had it from the beginning. If you have that truth, you just go get what you want. Yeah. Well, I hope that for those black women out there who are feeling like that, but know that it is something that needs to be addressed, that it can be turned around, and and I wouldn't even call it bluster, but certainly, you know, confidence. Not all conf- not all confidence is is loud and aggressive. Yes. Some some of it exactly. is is just sitting in the cut and and watching things 
play out. Uh, and jo- being at peace with your genius. How about that? That's right. E- even the simple geniuses like me, right? <laughs> no simple people. Uh, uh, <laughs> Joya Jefferson Nuri, thank you so much for talking to us. Good to talk thank to you. Thank you. All righty. Thank you. Bye-bye. That is The Daily Drum on Sirius XM Channel 141 and WHUR for this Friday, February 16th. John Mons is next with the original Quiet Storm. For news director Renee Nash, reporters Millette Green, Bramante Bryan, producer Candace Atkins-Wilson, and engineer Bobby Adams, I'm Harold Fisher. Good night and have a safe weekend.